Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Paratalk. This week we're going to be talking about haunted forests and maybe some haunted woods. It's something that um, Leanne and I have got a bit of a favourite thing about. And of course this week I'm joined by Leanne. Hi, how are you doing? I'm alright. So Good. we've got something in common when it comes to haunted woods and haunted forests. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm I'm quite fascinated by the idea of haunted woods and forests because obviously, you know, we have the idea of, you know, haunted houses and buildings and stuff where, you know, the ghosts and the spirits are kind of almost like contained within those four walls. And I think there's something fascinating about the idea that these spirits can roam hundreds of acres of land. And I, yeah, I, I find it I find it really fascinating. Um, Yeah, I, I think that with with haunted haunted places outside i think it goes back to maybe our early years as uh living in caves and stuff where you're always kind of looking over your shoulder because you could go outside at any moment and get eaten by something yeah. and i think that that kind of carries on with us and of course when you think of a uh, an outside a haunted forest or haunted woods and at night time as well when it's dark and you can't see what's in front of you that adds to it as well but there's definitely some places around the world that I've I've got some, I don't know, some some very peculiar things that happen in them. Now, whether that is everything that happens is down to some supernatural or, or paranormal goings on, or if it is it maybe that, you know, people are out, we can scare ourselves, you know, a group of us in the woods and what was that? And, oh, maybe it was whatever it was or a ghost or an alien. And then it kind of goes on from there. But I definitely think there's something in some of these, uh, forests and, and woods and open areas that there's definitely got something going on and I think today that what we've got here is definitely some head scratches so what I'm going to do I'm going to let you take the reins you're going to you're going to be number one <laughs> for this episode because I know that you've got you've got quite a couple of uh, of good ones yes so um one of my favorite outdoor haunted locations is uh hoya bachu forest mm -hmm. in transylvania mm. uh, so hoya bachu loosely translates to shepherd's forest and it gets its name from a legend um of a shepherd and his flock of 200 sheep that apparently entered the forest and just completely disappeared just so that's where just it vanished just, just just completely vanished yeah that's one of the one of okay. the local legends and um so there's quite a few legends surrounding the forest. There's also a legend of a five-year-old girl that wandered into the forest and vanished. She was never found until five years later when the girl, you know, walked out of the mm. forest completely unchanged and could not remember what had happened to her. She hadn't aged the day. It was a bit of a kind of a parallel kind of universe mm. type story. Yeah, so that's a very famous one. There's also um, a lot of stories surrounding UFOs. All right. So I think it was 1968, a, a man called Alexandru Sift actually photographed a flying object in the sky above the forest. But unfortunately, he passed away in the 90s and all of his photos kind of disappeared with him. Mm. But um, another man called Emil Barnier, he was actually a military technician. He captured um, a picture in August, so that ran the same time of Alexandru, um, in 1968. And again, it's a circular object above the forest. It kind of looks like 
a raindrop on a camera lens. That's that's when I saw the image, I was like, oh, I don't know. It does look yeah. like a raindrop. But um, he got quite a bit of, um, you know, publicity. And because he was a military technician and the government at the time saw any kind of stories relating to the paranormal and supernatural, they kind of they saw it in a negative way and they saw that they thought that it was almost like a, a, an example of insanity. So um, Emil actually got fired from the government after he came out with his UFO picture. There's been stories of orbs, red, orange, green lights in the forest. UFO activity yeah. in the forest is so extreme that alien abduction is seen as a plausible cause of missing people and lost time. That is what was said online. Hmm. I don't know how true that is, but apparently, you know, there there are a lot of UFO stories there. One theory that I found, because I was obviously trying to find, you know, what could be the cause of this. One yeah. theory was that the forest is a source of ultra low frequency sound waves yeah. that are imperceptible to the human ear, but can cause electromagnetic hypersensitivity, which, you know, sickness, nausea, paranoia, stuff like that. You know, I did find another oh, another website that it was a skeptical website and it did say that, um, you know, a lot of these stories don't actually have any sort of truth, not truth to them, but they can't be backed up with facts. So it's, you know, not to say that it's not true, but they're because obviously we don't know when this legend of this five-year-old girl went missing, but there's no newspaper articles to kind of cement that as a, as a, as a truthful story. Mm. There's also a clearing in the forest where people say that you know, nothing can grow and it's in a, it's in a perfect circle of trees and there's just, you know, nothing in the center of it. And they're kind of, people can't kind of figure out what causes that. You know, there's been geologists, um, people have taken soil samples and the soil is absolutely fine. So there's just, there's a lot of strangeness surrounding this forest and even locals don't want to go in there after dark. Yeah, I I have, um, I've watched a few documentaries on that location and I have to say that some people that go in there and want to experience something don't experience anything. But some people that go in there just for a walk and they have a strange experience, they can't explain how or what occurred. I've also heard that, you know, the UFO thing, it is difficult to find information that is written down, documented, been reported. A lot of it, you could say, is people telling a story. Oh, well, I saw this and they've got absolutely no, you know, nothing to back it up there's nothing documented they didn't go to the police or anything like that no but that's not to say that these people didn't experience anything it's also interesting that you bring up infrasound um infrasound is something that's been around as a possible theory to uh, explain some paranormal phenomenon in these kind of locations and obviously it's generated by our environment and you know and it, and it, and it can affect us in a way that we can hallucinate and see things or hear things that aren't really yeah. there one of the theories that was brought with infrasound was brought into as a possible explanation for uh, we're gonna gonna go on a tangent here, but London Underground. There was a lot of people that were seeing and experiencing things in London Underground, and it was done. An experiment was done, and it found that the underground, the way it was made up, uh, generated a lot of uh, infrasound. And of course, infrasound is something we don't hear but we can pick up with our body and our senses can pick it up and it can yeah. give us the ability to kind of hallucinate and, and I say, see and hear things that aren't there. 
So there is that is a possibility. But with a lot of these forests that are around the world, there things do happen, and and they are kind of unexplained to the sense that there is no rational answer. When you said about the young girl that apparently went into the forest and was gone for a, quite some time and then came back as if she just stepped out and stepped, you know, she was found again. That has happened in not just those kind of places, but um, if you look in America, where you have the, the large national parks where yeah. young children and people go missing. Sometimes, more than likely, I've read more stories of young children that go missing and that they say that they went to a place where there were other people or they were taken to a place uh and you know there were fairies or there were there were teddy bears or whatever it was that they they interpreted as a child and that when they would return when they came back it was as if as if they they'd been gone a number of days but they were you know the re- the researchers were like well how did these children how did they survive they're not starving hungry they're not you know, they're not covered in dirt they're not their yeah. clothes aren't all shred so yeah that's very um it's very strange when when we look at stuff like that. Very very spooky as well. Oh, yeah. Unsettling, I think is, I think it's in with us, isn't it? It's kind of a thing where we got it built into us, haven't we? When you go to a place, and you've most probably experienced this before, where you go to somewhere that's new, especially like that, a large forest that's got history. It it kind of you get that kind of spooky feeling, don't you? Yeah, I think I, if I went there, I definitely would be creeped out. Yeah. Straight away. You know, I'd be hyper aware of my surroundings. You know, I think your senses would be amplified. You know, you'd be like listening out for sounds. And it's, it's, it's um, I would love to, I would love to go there. I don't think I would want to go there after dark. <laughs> I think I would only be able to brave it during the day. Yeah. It's the darkness though. It's not being able to see anything. Yeah. You can hear things, but then of course your mind kicks in and starts to make, well, that, clearly that's a werewolf or clearly that's an alien. Uh, because you can't actually physically see what's making the noise. And it could be just a a, a normal animal that lives in the woods going about its business at night. Uh, but, but our minds are kind of wired that way to keep us hyper alert in situations where we haven't, we can't use all of our senses. Yeah. And I think that that can trip us up sometimes when we go into places like this. And that's not to say, as I said, that these places don't have some weird things going on. I mean, one of the cases that I picked, I'm going to save the best one till last, but I'll, I'll give you one for a moment, is if you look at um, a place near London, Epping Forest. Now, Epping Forest used to be a huge place. It's not so big anymore. It's still big, but it's not it's not huge. And it was like a people's forest, and there was all sorts of stuff that used to go on there. It was a place where you would get highwaymen, you would, you would get people living there, you would, you know, it would be all sorts. Now, apparently back in... The days when we had the TV show, I don't know if it's still going. Do you remember Most Haunted? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I try not to remember it, <laughs> unfortunately, but it's there. It's part of the, the, it's part of the ghost law. Um, so they did a thing in Epping Forest. And uh, apparently, now, this another thing it's, it's kind of famous for. It's famous for a lot of things. But one of the things it's famous for is it was the alleged hideout of Dick Turpin. Now, if no one knows who Dick Turpin was. He was a famous highwayman that uh, was around back in the day, hundreds of years ago. And when he would get chased, he had like a secret hideout there. I think he was caught there. Um, there was some altercation. And um, this is why his ghost is seen there. And apparently the most haunted team were doing an investigation in Epping Forest trying to find paranormal activity. And they um, apparently they were witnessed Dick Turpin's ghost or his apparition. 
and it led them to I think it led them to his, his hideout or some place that was of of you know that that was relevant to what they were doing. Um, I don't know how much truth is behind that. I wasn't there. I wasn't part of the team or anything like that. So I don't know. But that's apparently what happened. But other people have experienced stuff in the forest as well. Now, you have to remember that Epping Forest goes back a long way, way back. You know, way back before there was a um, before there was a city or anything. And London was just a little place, and it was very spread out. And the Romans, it was a you know, it was a huge forest. But over the years, it's been. I mean, it's still big now, but it's not nowhere near as big as it used to be. Um, so, yeah, I mean, could that be, as we said before, could that be through human habitation? Uh, could that be through us emotionally impregnating the area with all the things that go on? And therefore we have this, we go back to the stone tape theory, well, kind of, but more of, a, of an emotional imprint on the area. That's why we get this phenomenon. But it's definitely a a bit of a, a weird place and also has i've never been there i've been to a few forests that were allegedly haunted and i have to say that i have felt like you said just now that if you go to a place you'll get that feeling and you're not sure if you'll stay there at night i never went to any forests at night i went in the daytime but it's like you some of those places when you know what allegedly had happened there you do kind of go into it already knowing that to expect something to happen yeah and i think that's where possibly some of these experiences come from where people go into a situation i mean have you ever gone into a place uh, with knowing that something's happened there and and had an experience when it's like that into a a forest or an, or an area that's had habitation or alleged paranormal activity not in a forest no no, I haven't experienced that, but um, I have obviously, you know, in, in, in buildings and locations yeah. and stuff, but I haven't, I don't think, I don't know. I'm not sure if there's any local forests to me that have any sort of history. I think that I think there are a couple in Bristol, actually. I think there's like yeah. near snuff mills or something, but um, no, I, w I would like to experience that. We've got um, a, a paratalk uh, camping paranormal expedition. <laughs> <laughs> But one thing I was thinking, though, last night, like I was trying to think like, oh, you know, what could be the causes of this yeah. kind of... Um, what do you, you think, Name? What What do you think? Well, see, one thing... Like, so, you know, we talk about electromagnetic fields a lot and mm -hmm. how it kind of, you know, affects our psyche and how we can get, uh, you know, hallucinations and paranoia and stuff like that. It's like, well, we are surrounded by EMF every single day yeah. of our lives. In our home, there's microwaves, there's televisions, there's mobile phones, everything like that. And I was just thinking, like, I wonder if, the lack of EMF. So we're going into the middle of a forest where there are no wires, cables, Wi-Fi routers or anything like that. And maybe our bodies are not used to that. Maybe that could be almost like a a backwards, e like being affected by EMF. It's like the lack of EMF. So we are hypersensitive to electromagnetic frequency so that when we're not near it and we're being bombarded by it, when we're in a place that hasn't got it, we anything that does happen, we we become more kind of aware of it. Or uh, am I completely <sighs> off base here? No, no, kind of simple, kind of like, but you know, like our bodies are now getting used to EMF. Right, like that. It's it's almost like that is the norm. That is our like our kind of base reading level. You know, it's like we are surrounded by EMF all the time. So that when we go into forests. Our bodies, are, our bodies are kind of like we're experiencing something completely different. All right. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. That's, I was kind of, I, I'm not scientific enough to even try to explain it, but I was just thinking, could that possibly be if, if all of these things are happening in the middle of these, you know, woods where there's no electronics around, could that be? Um, yeah. I don't know. No, I, I kind of understand where you're coming from. And I think a lot, I, I, I think <laughs> it makes that, sense in my head. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think you all have to be physicists or scientists to come up with a conclusion of what might be happening. I think a lot of what might be happening is just simply down to you being logical and using common sense, you know. And I think that when you go into a place, firstly, if I want to put my Mr. Logical, Skeptical head on, I'm going into a place that has got history. And I know that that place, people have experienced things. So immediately, I've, I've front-loaded myself. I've told myself, unconsciously, but I have told myself, that I'm going into a place where I might experience um, an alien or a UFO or a whatever, or I might get, you know, haunted or whatever. So I've already told myself that in my head, but I might have not said, oh, I'm definitely going to, exp but I've already done it because I've read those yeah. stories. So when I go into that environment and I'm with an investigation or I'm doing it on my own, not that I would do it on my own, but when, you know, you're doing your investigation, you're already expecting something to happen. Now, if you were just somebody that didn't have any interest in the paranormal, none whatsoever, you might have watched the odd TV show, but you think nothing of it. And it's just like you forget about it. And you're going somewhere and you have an experience and that happens. And you're like, oh, wow, I don't know what's going on. This is completely bizarre. I think because your your mind is completely clear of anything, you know, paranormal or ghosts or anything, the chances of that being more real are quite high. Now, I'm not yeah. saying that that's definite, but I'm just on a logical side of things. Now, there are most probably listeners going, no, you're all wrong. Now, yeah, I can understand where you can see that. But the, the point is that I'm trying to look at this from a point of view where there are people how, uh, who have legitimately gone into these places and had experiences. And there are other people that have gone into these places and have had an experience. But that experience might be um, a false experience, shall we say, because... It's like, well, I thought I saw something. Uh, you saw something. A while, so it must have. It must have been the same thing. And and I think that these places they build up this kind of persona of being what I call hyper haunted or hyper supernatural. When there definitely is, I think these open spaces do have something going on in them. One of the stories we'll get to in a little bit that was one of my favourites has got so much stuff going on. It it it's almost comical. But there are so many people that have gone into this place and had weird experiences that it, it's just there's too much going on there for it all to be made up but yeah. but anyway enough of my waffling I, you've got another case as well haven't you so this one is um it's quite well known actually it's known as the suicide forest or ah, the, yes. Yes. yeah or the sea of trees it's in japan mm. and it's the ikigahara forest so whereas i mentioned um Hoyabachu, which was 729 acres. This forest is 7,680 acres. Massive. This is this is huge. And it's also, it's on top of old lava flow. So the ground is very uneven. So mm. a lot of the forest is kind of cornered off to the public because the ground's very uneven. You could put your foot onto something that you think is solid ground and you could tip down a hole. It's like, it's not the safest place to go into, to be honest. But so anyway, so that it gets its stories and its legend and as suicide forest because unfortunately, 
it has a reputation of um, Japanese citizens going into the forest and taking their mm. own life. Yeah, yeah. People say it's very haunted. And there's a legend in Japanese folklore that the forest is full of yurai. Is it yurai or yurei? Which is Japanese spirits, which are kind of angry, lost spirits. Yeah. In ancient Japanese folklore, the elderly and the sick were actually carried into the forest and left to die. So a lot of people say that their yurai were kind of trapped in the forest. They're angry. They're searching for, you know, other souls. And one of the stories is that um, they try to encourage people to commit suicide. So if you go into the forest and you're feeling depressed, these negative spirits will amplify that emotion and try and kind of tip you over the edge. Since the 50s and since the 1950s, over 500 people have committed suicide and they actually have yearly body hunt days where locals will go through the forest to search for bodies that have, you know, been left or like looked over and stuff because mm. some some people will go into parts of the forest which are off the trail so yeah. they do actually have days where people sole purpose is to go in and, and and find the bodies, which is so sad. They have signs all over the forest to encourage people to kind of seek help, you know, call a suicide hotline, you know, think ask telling them to think about their family and friends. It's 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 really sad. I think that if we were to believe the notion that, you know, spirits that have passed on unexpectedly or through a very kind of tragic way are to kind of be trapped on earth this would be the the most haunted place in the world mm, yeah, you know yeah. if you think about it like in that in that sense yeah there must be such a, a an atmosphere i know people hate the term energy and atmosphere and stuff like that because it's so there's no substance to that word anymore when it's being used in the paranormal but i can imagine that atmosphere to feel very dark and very, you know, sinister. And apparently the um, the forest is so dense, it's eerily quiet. You don't get the wind. There's hardly any insects. All the trees in there seem to be kind of contorted and all grown into each other as well. Yes. It's like, um, it's like a, it gives me the impression of like an, an evil enchanted forest. It's yeah. a very, and, and what I find kind of a bit, Oh, it just puts a shiver down my spine is, you know, your grandma's not very well. Okay, we're going to take you to the forest now and just leave you there. Okay, see ya. Yeah. Have a nice time. That just creeps me out completely. Uh, I can understand that a place like that with all that, people going there, ending their lives for whatever reason, just their bodies being left there and people having to go and hunt the forest to find the bodies to give them a, a, a proper burial. It's, yeah, it's quite rightly what you've said is that when you go to a place like that, it, it could be so, you know, emotionally charged with yeah. whatever is in, impregnating that area where you could feel like, oh, no, this is this is not a good place. But I, th I think once again, it's we have to go into it with oh, it sounds horrible, but we have to go into it with a, a very logical mindset to say, well, is it us? Are we the people that are making this place? Uh, you know, giving it this kind of spooky reputation. Is it just a place with a lot of wood in it? I do think that with that forest, it there is something else there because I've read lots of stories where people have been in the forest and they've had their names called uh, as, yeah. as someone's in the forest calling them. And it's like, that's weird in itself. I know that you can, 
I'm aware that, you know, the wind going through the trees can make sounds that can emit, and our brains are wired to hear voices within sounds. That's why, you know, you can always hear alleged voices apparently in, you know, like water and, and stuff like that. That doesn't negate the fact that EVP is used, you know, ITC and stuff. That's a different thing. I mean, I think that you can be uh, mistaken when you when you hear sounds. I mean, I can, for example, the, the, the fan phenomenon, when you put a fan on and mm -hmm. uh, you get it, I, I sometimes hear it in the summer, you'll have a fan on in the room and it's moving the air through quite quickly. And it sometimes it can sound like music playing or it can sound like an engine running. And uh, you'll think, where's that coming from? And you'll switch the fan off and it will disappear. And you'll yeah. switch the fan back on and the sound will... That, of course, that's, that's, an, that's an, an, an audio phenomenon where your brain is making sound from that sound because it doesn't understand what it's hearing. So it's, it's doing the nearest thing that it can to make yeah. it, you know, uh, understandable. So, yeah, I think that there is that thing where people could be mistaken. But also it's very strange that there are numbers of people that have been in the forest where they have had the feeling that their their names are being called, that they can hear talking, they can hear voices. And as you say, it's such a massively, massively vast place that if I can understand that someone goes in there, you could get lost. You could you could literally get lost in there forever because oh, yeah. it's a huge place. I mean, it's on the level of, um, you know, some of these national parks in America where people go in and you never see them again. They'll, they completely vanish. Or you might find, you know, there's no, there's no, um, I mean, obviously there's predators over there, but there's no, um, there's no evidence of them being attacked or there's no ripped clothes or anything. They just disappear. They're just gone. Yeah. Well, I think, I think, I think as well, if someone were to go into the forest and get lost completely innocently, if their body were found later, they would be kind of, oh, they've gone in there to commit suicide. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't, they wouldn't even think of a different reason or explanation because because of the because of the stories of the forest mm. uh, it's a yeah that's definitely a um one of the places on the planet that is very super spooky and i think that yes we maybe add to that with our folklore and stories but it goes it's got a lot of history it goes back a long way and it definitely is one that stands up there with um some real haunted forests or spooky places but moving on i've got I've got a little a little teaser, and then I've got my 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 main my main course. But the hmm. the teaser is um, I'm are you familiar with um, uh, a village in England called Pluckley? It's only a small village of about uh, about a thousand people. No, I'm not. Well, it kind of has got the um, it's kind of got the 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 award of the the most haunted village in England because okay. in the, such a small space. It's had so much paranormal, paranormal phenomenon go on in it over the years from apparitions, ghosts, uh, UFO sighting uh, and all those kind of things. The, the, what the run of the mill, usual stuff that you would kind of expect in a, a very old village. The village is very old. It goes, it's got history. But near the village is a woodland. The woodland is known as uh, Deering Woods. This isn't so much a paranormal place, but something happened there. On the on a Halloween night in nineteen, let me just check my notes a minute. I think it was nineteen forty, yeah, nineteen forty eight, where um, people were hearing, the village people were were hearing from the forest, from the woods. They were hearing voices, music, uh, noise, just general noises, and they wondered what it was. 
the following morning, a, a dog, I think it was a, somebody out for a walk, a stroller, they're walking their dog. They were walking through the woods and they came across literally a mound of bodies. Oh, wow. And it was a mixture of women, children and men. Of course, he called the authorities. They came out. It's about 20, 20 bodies. And they did a they check up and they did an investigation. They couldn't find any reason for these people to to have died. There was no you know, no marks on them. They weren't shot or anything like that. They weren't murdered. They just they were dead. Um, there was a verdict of carbon monoxide poisoning that that killed them. Years later, it was said, you know, well, maybe it wasn't that. Maybe there was something else. It's a very you could say that it was uh, possibly. I, I, I kind of edge on the side of like some sort of mass suicide. Yeah. You know, a group of people that have, have a certain belief and they go to a place because they believe on that time that if they end their life or whatever, then they're going to ascend to something else. But it is creepy that that happened in those woods. But it's it kind of leads me on to another place in England. It's just in Staffordshire actually, which is quite, well, it's quite well known for spooky phenomenon and a, a number of spooky things that have happened gareth and i in a previous episode of paratalk kind of touched on this place it's canic chase oh, okay and it we kind of talked about it but i thought it was relevant for this episode because it, it's just some weird stuff and I, I just wanted to recap that for those that hadn't listened to the previous episode we can just talk about it now but canic chase is it's about 50 miles square which is about what 70 some kilometers so it's 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 not a huge space but it's it's pretty big and now i mean it's been developed a little bit so there's like a music place there they've got like mountain biking they've got cafes and stuff so it's it's you know it's quite a happening place but also people use it as recreation for like dog walking doing walks going camping that's got that kind of stuff so over the years people have experienced stuff and they've they've experienced like small things like unexplained lights in the sky which they can't they don't know what they are and also unexplained lights in and out the trees when they've been walking there in in nighttime and the daytime there's been a number of cases where people have also seen what they believe to be some form of humanoid figures now this is where it starts to get really weird um have you ever heard of any of the the humanoid crypto kind of stories to come out of Canic Chase. I, I I might be wrong, but is it the Black Eyed Children? Is that kind of where it originates from? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you're kind of yeah you're kind of on the right path there. There is a there is a story where people have encountered these children um, in in the forest. I don't know if it's if how it's backed up. I I don't know all of the information on it. But there, that is the law that these these children have been encountered there. Mm-hmm. But there have also been other um, things that have happened. A group of investigators took upon themselves to in, do some investigating in the area to find out if they could capture any of this phenomenon. Allegedly, they did. They captured orbs, well, balls of light, shall I say, in and in and around the trees on camera, and they also experienced uh, what we would call poltergeist phenomenon so they were in a an open area they were surrounded by woods and from within the woods they were having uh, stones thrown at them 
Oh, okay. The interesting thing is that you could say, well, hang on a minute, that's just kids in the woods mucking about, throwing stones at people, trying to scare them. But the interesting thing is that these stones didn't seem to be thrown in a way that we would throw them, you know, we'd throw them and then they would crash on the floor. These stones seemed to go through the air and then kind of drop casually by their feet. It wasn't like mm. randomly thrown, you know. So another thing they noticed with these stones, that when they picked them up, that all these stones were warm. Oh. They, they'd like they'd just come out of the oven, a warm oven. They weren't like cold. They, they were warmer than the stones around them. That was an interesting point that they noticed. Um, as, as time goes on, other things were reported. There was a, I think it was a, a cyclist who was doing some uh, mountain biking in the area and they stopped for a rest in a large wooded area. As the person, I can't remember if it's a woman or a man, but as the person was having a rest, they looked up and they noticed a figure in, in the wood ed, edge of the woodland area uh, looking, not looking directly at them, but like with their face looking down at the ground. And mm-hmm. this person thought, oh, I was just, you know, someone looking for their dog or whatever. And as they looked up again, they noticed that this person was nearer to them. And this time it was looking at them. And of course, this individual with their bike completely freaked, grabbed their bike <laughs> and was gone. Because when they recount the story, I, I'm, I'm chewing this from memory. So I'm trying to get as much information as possible. But apparently this, this individual, this figure had the face of a pig. Oh. Now, it's known as the, uh, the, the, the pig man. That's what the, the kind of thing that is kind of the, the, the pig man of Canuck Chase. Um, I, I don't know if this, is a, this figure has ever been seen again. Uh, I know that other figures have been seen. But the most, one of the most bizarre stories to come out of uh, this, you know, there's been lots of things that have been going on there. But one of the most bizarre stories for me was um, a, a couple, a, a, a husband and wife and their daughter moved into the area. And they were drinking at a pub one evening and they got chatting to uh, a couple of locals and the chap was saying, you know, I like a bit of golf, you know, do do do. And he said, well, why don't you come up to the golf course tomorrow and we'll do a round of golf and, you know, have a chat about business and stuff like that. Uh, he was looking for work and stuff. And he said, OK, I'll do that. So the following morning, he arranged to meet these two chaps at the golf course, which was near the chase and um, have a game of golf. So the wife said, what we'll do is we'll come up and meet you later and we'll have a we'll have a packed lunch on the way and then we'll meet you at the golf course after you've had your meeting. And he's like, fine, yeah. So these two chaps, you meet these chaps, they're having their golf game. The the wife and the daughter start to have a walk in the in through the chase to, to the golf place. And um they're having their golf game and the, they suddenly can hear screaming. So they think, Oh no, someone's being attacked. Let's they all start running towards the area where they can hear the people screaming and the chaps are running and they run down this like like wooded area, this wooded pathway. And he's the guy's completely surprised because he runs into his wife. And he's like, what are you doing here? You know, and, yeah. and then, of course, the wife's saying, it, you go and get it. It's, it's got our daughter. It's got our daughter. And of course, what? What? And the blokes run after whatever that you know has, has abducted their daughter it's the daughter's like a you know a young teenage girl she's not like a little kid she's, you know um and you can hear screaming and stuff apparently they, they could hear the screaming so that's they run in that direction and as they run around the direct into the direction they they see the girl on the floor and she's got um 
her 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 jeans are ripped and she's got a, a cut on her hand by her thumb and they notice this figure run into the woods and of course the that they they stop their pursuit then because they just want to get the girl and they can see that she's got a cut and she's you know distraught so they take her to the hospital and the they patch up her they clean her wound and they ask how they got it because they said it's quite a deep wound it looks like um something was made with a like a gouge or a sharp object um so when after the, the doctor gave her some medicine to calm her down after she'd calmed down they had to fill in a report you know because what had happened and she was she said that she was walking with her mother and that something came from behind her and grabbed her around the waist and picked her off the floor and ran and when they and this all happened really quickly you know mm. and this is where it gets completely bizarre. They ask, what, what, what was it? What, was, what did he look like? She said, well, it didn't look like a man. It looked like a giant dog. A man with a, with a dog's face. What? And now, now I, 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 when I read that, I'm like, oh, okay, it's a werewolf. She was abducted by a werewolf. Or she was abducted by a, maybe a, um, a, you know, something like that. Or a wild man. Maybe, maybe it was a... Maybe it was a Bigfoot. Maybe we Skinwalker. Got, uh, I don't know. It just... <laughs> anyway, so this was all, you know, done and deal. The girl... the And a few days later, maybe three or four days later, the, the girl noticed... Now, it gets even more bizarre here. The girl noticed that she had these strange... The cut was, like, between her thumb and her finger, yeah? So, yeah. you know, a bit... We've got a bit of muscle there. So she noticed that in between the cut, where it was healing, she was getting these hairs. Oh no! Like thick. I, honestly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, this is. I'm only. Uh, I know it's. People are laughing right now. They're laughing at me. But please let me. They're getting these hairs coming out of the of the cut. So straight back to the hospital. What's going on here? What's this? And so they clean the area, and they treat it, and they remove these hairs, and they put some stuff on it. I don't know what it was, but they put some medicine on it, and it kind of. It, they did, the hairs didn't come back. They, it all healed and she was fine. But the fact was that, what was that? What was going on there? And this was apparently, apparently this was documented. Uh, apparently this was all reported to the police that she was attacked and they all and she said that this is what happened. And now, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's totally bizarre because people when have seen... When did this happen? This happened, oh, this must have happened back in the... I think it was the early 2000s, something like that. Maybe oh, wow, a, recent then. Not, well, not yeah, 20 years ago, ago, something like that. Yeah. I've got it in a book. I've got it, uh, the whole case in a book. Um, I'm, I say I'm going from memory, but um, I, I know that it, 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 was a, it was bizarre. And I know yeah. that she said it was looked like a, a, a wild man or a dog man or like a wolf. And, and you think, see, we, the thing is, when we talk about the woods and we talk about uh, cryptos and creatures, it's very difficult to not laugh at things because we see these on the telly and they're made fun of and, and it's easiest for us to go, oh, it's just crazy. It was a, yeah, it was a dog man or whatever. But when we think of cases that like, for example, Bigfoot, Sasquatch and mm. in the forest of, of America where people have actually had, you know, they are 100% true to themselves that they had an encounter with something like that. And then you think, well, okay, America's America's got some very very big unexplored wooded areas, and so has 
other countries in the world. They've got areas that have no, no one's ever been into, really. Yeah. And we, in England, our island, we have got places that are, you know, we haven't, we haven't got access to them. So, but there isn't much woodland left. Considering that a few thousand years ago, pretty much all of England was was a forest. You know, mm. there were woodlands everywhere. We've just, we've cut all that down. And they're doing it in like, uh, you know, and other places like you know, the, 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 the rainforest. Now, that's such a huge place. And the, the the stories that you know that come out of there. I mean, there's a lot of tribes that that still live in there that that tell stories of the the the, the forest spirits, the spirits that live in the forest, and the certain places of the forest that you don't go, and and things like that. So it, I think that there's definitely a there is an an enigma with forests and and woodlands and those ancient places that go back many years, you know, to maybe folklore, but to our prehistory that's carry on to today is that something that you could potentially align with oh yeah 100 because like in a lot of these forests as well they have like caves mm. you know and you know you got you got cheddar gorge and all the cave systems there and stuff i think i think there's definitely areas that you know humans haven't explored and discovered you know possibly because of you know safety safety risks mm. but um yeah, I don't know. I think that the stories of, you know, Canic Chase with, you know, the the pig man and then the wolf man and stuff, it makes me go, oh, God, skinwalkers. Like, is that, could that be a possibility, yeah. you know? But, yeah, I think I, I think these stories are fascinating. I don't disbelieve them. I don't, you know, if I was that person that had an experience and I was trying to best describe how this person looked, you know, and, you, you know, it, if, I'm sure like it goes against everything you believe and everything you've you've come to understand of the world. Mm. If you're seeing someone and they've got a face of a dog, like you're going to say they've got a face of a dog. That's the best way you can describe it, you know? Mm. So I would hate to be disbelieved if I had an experience like that. So it's like I'm not going to say I disbelieve them that like that is that their that is their truth. That is what they've experienced. I don't know what causes I don't what makes Canic Chase what's is you know what's about that land and what's nearby and what makes it haunted or it's an ancient place it goes back many years and i think that with all these places with we could, we could go on all day with different places different woodlands but i think this episode what we've done is we've covered those those places that really do stand out and that really do think make you scratch your head to think what what's going on there what what are we yeah. what what are we experiencing when we go into those places? Is it is it just us imagining, or is there something really going on there? And I do think that it's a little bit of each. I think it's fifty fifty really. Uh, yeah. I think that some people go in there and they have an experience, and it's not what they think it is, but they come they come away thinking it's what they believe it is because of their what they've you know how they've front loaded themselves. And there are other people that go into those places. And they have an experience and what they're experiencing is exactly what they're experiencing. Yeah. I think nobody is going to have the exact same experience. No. no. Every experience will be completely unique to that person. Well, there you have it. A, uh, a, a very interesting episode and quite a spooky one. Uh, I, I'd like to thank you, Leanne, for your uh, very creepy stories. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that, um, uh, I think that uh, Haunted Forest, I love those kind of things. I love how it goes back to 
ghosts and all that stuff and and maybe that's where it all originates from i don't know uh on a, on a quick note uh thanks to everyone that's been uh, downloading and listening to the episodes if you get a minute to give us a review uh that really helps the show if you want to listen to any other episodes paratalkpodcast.com uh there's other episodes on there all different topics but that's about it any any final words what are you up to i i have just bought two bunnies all right so so two little mini lop bunnies so i am just spending all day just kind of trying trying to get them you know used to me and used to the house and stuff so a, a yeah bunny mum are you going to train yeah. you're going to train them to be like little like indoor bunnies at the moment they're indoor just while they get used to their their new home but i do have a huge hutch which i've got for the garden ah. so whether they're indoor or outdoor they're going to have plenty of space <laughs> excellent but anyway uh thanks for everyone um and we will be back shortly with another episode of power talk but until then see you soon mm-hmm.